You are tuned in to Americana Music Profiles. Thanks for joining us for the second season, brought to you exclusively by Americana Rhythm Music Magazine. Man, it's people like you that, that makes it possible for us to get out here and enjoy this life. Thank you for getting in touch with me. I'm so glad you love what we do. Thank you for your help with everything, Greg. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing you've got going there. I'm your host and publisher, Greg Tutwiler. Now let's get to this week's show. My guest today is Peter Washboard Slim Menta, vocalist and percussionist with the veteran jug band Washboard Slim and the Blue Lights. Legendary blues folk artist Eric Von Schmidt said these guys were traditional music on Overdrive. Well, welcome, Peter. Thanks for joining me on the podcast today. All right. Well, thanks for having me. Of course, the name of the band is Washboard Slim and the Blue Lights, and um, you guys are, are kind of feature yourselves as a jug band. So I was wondering if you could give me a little bit of background about yourself and the band, and then I'd like to talk a little bit about your music after that. Well, our band uh, uh, has been around uh, under the name Washboard Slim for, uh, I think, uh, you know, the, the mid '80s, and before that. Uh, we were called uh, Nevard, female singer's name, and the Barrel House Boys. And before that, we were called uh, the Ten Years Late Junk Band. And so we've been we've been uh, continually playing in front of uh, appreciative audiences uh, since the mid '70s in the New Haven area base. But you know, we've been all over the country. Uh, in Canada, doing this music with the same lineup, or have you had some people that have no, come we've in? We've had different lineups, uh, except that the bass player, the drug washed up bass player, and one of the vocalists and I have been together since the mid seventies. Okay, and uh, what... our current lineup has has been pretty pretty much together on and off for about uh, you know thirty years. 20, okay, twenty to thirty years. And what what brought you the two of you together in the first band originally? How did you guys get started? Well, uh, in the late sixties, drug band music was part of the underground alternative folk scene, and there were drug bands uh, in uh, most of the major cities where there were you know coffee houses, mm-hmm. Greenwich Village, uh, Boston, Cambridge, San Francisco, Berkeley. Uh, Denver, uh, probably Los Angeles, and uh, so uh, the climate was uh, a sort of an underground alternative uh, folk music, okay. rougher, rougher, bluesier, hot, uh, hotter than you know the folk music of the, the mainstream folk music. And for the sake of the folks listening, where does the jug band? Um, uh, label come from how, uh, in general, and then for you guys, how did you end up deciding that that's what you wanted to do? Well, of course, drug band music was first recorded in the in the twenties in uh, Louisville, Kentucky, and then in Memphis, mm-hmm. uh, Tennessee. Uh, they were uh, race records uh, for the most part. Hmm. Uh, performed by African-Americans on uh, combination of homemade and conventional instruments. Okay. 
and they sold pretty well as 78 singles. They, mm-hmm. you know, it was, uh, a lot of it was party music. Some of it was down and dirty blues music. Hmm. Some of it was uh, jazz. Okay. And, and gospel oriented. And so the, the music has been around since the 20s. Well, and and it's interesting that you you gave me that uh, illustration. I, I noticed listening through um, some of the tracks on the CD, um, it is bluesy, and there's hints of jazz and swing and folk, and uh, in, I, even a couple of the tracks, um, "Laughing Dog" in particular, it felt like it was a um, uh, almost a rockabilly sound. Absolutely. Well, we. Uh... We've invented a style of uh, a cross between jug band and early rockabilly that we call Jugabilly. Okay. That's the name of our record label. Okay. Jugabilly Records. Okay. And because, uh, you know, growing up in the 60s, you can't, uh, even though we love folk music, you can't escape the rock and roll music that is all around you. Right. So, uh, with the advent of, uh, you know, amplified acoustic guitars and good PA systems, you could bring in a, 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 a you know a, dr- a drum kit and uh, you could uh, take the uh, acoustic bass music and uh, rock it up a little bit which is exactly what we do uh, we use drums and the washed up bass goes through a conventional bass amp okay so we we rock out when we want to so you're you truly using a, a washed tub bass not a regular four string fretted bass guitar Okay. We're using a washed-up bass as, and a jug as the primary bass instruments. Yeah, cool. What what um, what's what's your audience like? Where do you, where do you your demographic? Where do you find them? What 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 is the what's the typical audience that? Um, well, the, the typical audience are you know blues and and folk fans, uh, you know for, so. Uh, uh, a lot of times our audiences are uh, older uh, folks, you know, over 40. Mm-hmm. But when we play uh, in front of a jam band audience, which, you know, there's a jam band scene in mm-hmm. Connecticut, mm-hmm. then uh, we get to play uh, in front of an 18 and over crowd. And those kids just, just absolutely love the sound. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they... Uh, talk to us in very, you know, mystical terms that, you know, you guys, you know, are really, I've never seen anything like it. I love you guys. That's cool. And we get great response from um, the young jam band fans. Uh, it, you know, the, uh, Jerry Garcia, of course, uh, started as a bluegrass and jug band roots mm-hmm. musician. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, that tradition continues. So, uh, we love playing for the uh, young people, uh, especially the uh, the jam band uh, bands. Hmm, that's neat. And also uh, the young folk music bands, mm-hmm. uh, like we do, and the rockabilly bands. Do you do some festivals also? Yeah, we manage to play uh, some of the major uh, folk festivals, and uh, every once in a while we'll go out to the Midwest or the South, and, uh, you know, the... Uh, the, the down home roots music is sort of in the DNA of the kids, mm-hmm. and uh, we've always had a, a tremendous response uh, in in uh, in, in uh, Memphis and in uh, uh, 
Birmingham, Alabama. We got to play there, and then the Winter Takes Folk Festival. Okay, yeah. Philadelphia Folk Festival. You know, uh, pretty hard to resist this music because it's got a good beat, and uh, if you pick the right songs, they're very clever. The lyrics are clever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the, you know, the beat is good, and it, and it uh, you know, you could, you could uh, do some very melodic, uh, jazzy tunes as well as, you know, straight-ahead blues stuff. There's, uh, junk bands uh, traditionally were eclectic, not, not you know, uh, hung up in one genre. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you guys are writing most, if not all, of your own songs, right? Well, we, we've always had about a half a dozen or so originals on the CD. And uh, one of the writers comes at it from a world music uh, point of view, and it's not on the, this CD, but we we composed the first uh, known that I know of jug band polka and hmm. jug band klezmer songs. So we try we're uh, trying to keep uh, an, an ear open for world music. Okay, okay. So then, uh, obviously, the others are, are cover songs. How are you? How how do you decide what kind of cover song fits for the music that you're trying to play? You know, the song has to have a good, uh, what we think is a good melodic hook mm-hmm. uh, uh, or clever lyrical, you know, clever, clever lyrics so that we we could, you know, we'll do a, a Cole Porter song or an Irving Berlin song. Mm, okay. And we'll do a Howling Wolf song, you know, a, a Willie Dixon song. You know, uh, Willie Dixon, of course, is very uh, astute of. Chicago blues songwriter. Mm-hmm. He was the man for the Chicago blues. Right. And then we also like uh, some of the uh, old string band uh, hillbilly music. Carter family. We put our, we finally put a Carter family uh, song on our CD after all these years. Mm. Hello, string. Okay. You can't get any more Americana. Than no, that. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> and. We talked a little bit about the tub bass, but you guys have uh, obviously the name Washboard. You have Washboard any music and and jug and even kazoo and harmonica. How how do you, as a band, determine which instruments are going to fit the songs that you're playing? Well, um, the, uh, the the role uh, in the Memphis Jug Bands. The uh, kazoo and the harmonica uh, replaced the horn section in the, that was in the Louisville uh, style of mm-hmm. jug band. Okay. And uh, so, um, for this particular CD, there there really wasn't any of the novelty uh, kazoo uh, type of uh, songs, ragtime, early jazz songs. The, the people associate that with jug band music, mm-hmm. you know, sort of the big time. Won't you come home, Bill Bailey? Kind of music, right, right. Jordan, great stuff. But this CD, uh, we we veered into a little bit of a different direction, so it, it doesn't have the, uh, the expected good time kazoo, ragtime, banjo type of sound that, that people expect from a jug band. Mm-hmm. It's uh, a little more uh, fire and brimstone, a little more gospel, mm-hmm. a little more poignant. A different direction for the band and okay. for a jug band, you know. And there's, of course, there's rock, there's rock and roll on it also. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really enjoyed the rockabilly feel that, that we talked about earlier. And uh, well, we, we've been doing, uh, you know, rock the um, the early uh, Elvis sound. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, was, uh, heavy acoustic guitar, uh, string bass, uh, and uh, electric guitar, and uh, 
we've come, and you know, then very minimalistic drums, we've come very, very close to the, uh, you know, with the washtub bass, the slapping washtub bass, and we come very, very close to that sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you're right. You do, and it's it's um it's very it's very refreshing and and distinctive. You 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 can hear the influences there, but it also has its own flavor too. Uh, we were lucky enough to record uh, as a, uh, to have as an engineer and producer uh, Colin Tilton, who plays with um, Eight to the Bar, very great uh, rhythm and blues swing band here. He was Van Morrison's sax and flute player on. Oh, cool. Okay. Move Dance album. So we had a, a real pro producing us. Mm-hmm. That's neat. And I noticed in the um, uh, in the press notes, you, you mentioned a lot of different uh, influences. Tell me a little bit about some of those guys and or entertainers and and how they've influenced your music. Of course, the early jug bands out of Memphis and Louisville were uh, a big influence, and then uh, the uh, the jug bands of the '60s. You know, grew up in those college towns and, and in the village. Uh, Dave Van Lonk, tremendous blues singer. That, that there was a movie that that uh, was based on him. Came out a couple of years ago. Coen Brothers, mm-hmm. and the name is escaping me, but uh, it was uh, uh, based on Dave Van Lonk. So Dave Van Lonk, blues singer, and uh, the mayor of McDougal Street hmm. back back then. And he was uh, he had a great drug band. And of course, uh, Jim Queskin, Maria Muldar, who's been. Uh, Chuck Muldar, who were all still touring mm-hmm. and kicking butt, uh, they were out of uh, Boston, Cambridge. They were the Jim Questing Joe Band. They are still playing great. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, being um, we were right in the middle of the Chicago Blues Revival, where Muddy Waters and Howling Wolf were coming to our uh, coming to our colleges, mm-hmm. coffee okay. house. If you ever had a chance to see uh, Howling Wolf. Uh, in person, even at age uh, seventy, man, he just gave it, hmm. gave it all. Hmm. So all of you know, all of the, and of course the Beatles and Dylan. So all of that came into our uh, into our music, and as well as um, Bill Monroe of uh, Bill Monroe and the Bluegrass, Bill Monroe and the Bluegrass Boys sure. were also part of that scene. Their high and lonesome vocals style, the Bluegrass vocal style, is, is a huge influence in hmm. our harmony. Okay, and we do some duets. On the, on the CD, we're definitely going for the high and lonesome sound. Mm-hmm. Is there a um, society, organization, association type group that's specific to, to jug bands? Or are there that many of you out there? Yeah, there are, there are jug bands all over the world now. San Francisco has a, a huge jug band festival. Okay, and they usually get a name, you know, person like Maria Muldar. The headline. Mm-hmm. Same with Louisville. We uh, were honored to be invited to uh, Louisville and uh, played a drug band festival and met the uh, Carolina Chocolate Drops. Sure. Yep. Uh, we met them and we we predicted that they would cross over and they uh, certainly did. I mean, they were on the, the bluegrass charts. Yeah, they were. Mm-hmm. They, uh, they don't they don't do as much drug band, but they did. Uh, at, at that festival and, and a great band and I uh, we jammed with them in fact I, I just played with Flemons right uh, Don, Don Flemons and he um, he, uh, he comes we have a great club in uh, in uh, just north of New Haven called the uh, Outer Space and uh, the ballroom of the Outer Space hmm, okay. and they bring in a lot of these big roots people and if I'm around I'll 
somehow get to play with these guys. Yeah, so, that's uh, cool. We have a great scene here in, uh, in, in uh, the New Haven area. We just played with Maria Moldar mm, at okay. a, a very hip, hip club. Played with the Ramones one time. Really? Okay, that's cool. Sorry, not the Ramones. Uh, excuse me. Uh, the Stray Cats. St- oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. Right, Brian Setzer. Yeah. yeah. You no, know, it was actually a pretty good fit. Yeah. Uh, their rockabilly and our drugabilly. <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> yeah. We did play with Tommy Ramone a couple of years ago when he was doing a, a mandolin and guitar thing. So mm-hmm. that's right. Okay. That's cool. So the the new CD is uh, Back to the Well, right? Back to the Well. Yeah. So tell me a little Back bit about the, that. Uh, the roots of, of string band music okay. and uh, and to blues. The, one, of the, one of the things that people forget is that the the, the hillbilly string band guys listen to the blues and put that in their music. And the blues guys did, uh, you know, hillbilly music and, and jazz tunes and country tunes so that they could, you know, get make more money, mm-hmm. get more gigs for, uh, you know, the richer folks. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Always been a, a cross between in, in, the, in the South of this music, but the record companies kept it, kept it separate. You know, you had mm-hmm. your blues race records, and then you had your hillbilly records. Mm-hmm. In reality, there was a lot of interplay. Hmm. Integration before its time. Sure, yeah, yeah. And this, how long is, is it out? This is out now, right? People can, can find it? Absolutely. You can get it on uh, CD Baby, definitely. Uh, I believe it's on iTunes and maybe Amazon also. Okay. Definitely, and- I know it's definitely on iTunes and uh, CD Baby. Are you, um, is there a tour involved? Are you already playing out promoting the music? Well, we, we all, uh, only one of, mem- one of the band members is retired. The rest of us are getting close to leaving our day jobs. Okay. And uh, at this point, we'll, we'll think about doing more touring. But, you know, every once in a while, they, they fly us to a festival. Now with the new CD out, uh, hopefully uh, that'll happen a little bit more. We'll get to play some of the folk festivals. Yeah. Okay. We actually won the uh, Connecticut Blues Contest, Battle of the Bands. Okay. <laughs> and uh, it was unheard of that a jug band would beat out yeah, uh, imagine. <laughs> electric, uh, electric blues bands and, and uh, go to the, to the International Blues Challenge. But oh, we, that's we cool. represented the state of Connecticut in the International Blues Challenge. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Pretty wild. Yeah. You know, we, we, didn't win, we didn't win... Uh, but, uh, you know, it was amazing that these people were in Memphis, sitting in Memphis in the, in the blues capital of the world, and the first blues bands were drug bands, and they didn't, they couldn't figure out what we were doing because, you know, uh, modern uh, media ignores the, uh, the roots of the, of the blues mm-hmm. to a, a large extent, and uh, they thought we were a bluegrass band, you know. <laughs> That's cool. Amazing. Well, I've been talking to uh, Peter Minta with uh, Washboard Slim and the Blue Lights. The CD is Back to the Well. Peter, what's the website where they can find you? Uh, www.washboardslim.com. Great. Thanks, Peter. And uh, thank you for, uh, for having us. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of Americana Music Profiles. Find us on iTunes at Americana Music Profiles and on the Internet at AmericanaRhythm.com.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.